Welcome to Blackbird episode number 36. My name is James, and today it is my pleasure to bring you an interview with one of the most interesting people in our circles. His name is Anthony Samaroff. You've probably heard of him. And if you haven't, well, this is going to be a great crash course in Anthony Samaroff. Anthony is the host of the Scottish Liberty podcast. Yes, that's right. He speaks with a crazy accent, so you might not want to listen to this one on 2X. In addition to being a podcaster, he's also a life coach and a therapist over in Scotland. He has been touring the United States kind of voluntarily, kind of just because it's going to be really tough for him to get home for the last several months since I think about October of 2020. And I wanted to kind of pick his brain about his adventures and what's been going on in his life. In addition, I asked him for some coaching or just some life advice that I think we can all benefit from. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Anthony Samaroff. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, totally. So uh, I think probably there's a lot of overlap between my audience and sort of your, I guess, fan base. But for those who aren't familiar with you, could you just kind of introduce yourself to the audience? Hello, I'm Anthony Samaroff. Samarov is a Russian name. It's very hard to pronounce it in the original. It sounds something like master of time, space, and the universe. At least that's how I've been billed in a couple of events here in the USA. As you can hear, I'm from Scotland. I host the Scottish Liberty Podcast, which was the worst named podcast ever because people think it only concerns Scotland when it really doesn't. Um, and I also do Be Yourself and Love It podcast, which is a personal development podcast because I am a mental health professional. I'm a therapist and a coach. And I have been, I left Scotland in October and I've been in the Western Hemisphere ever since. Uh, so it's funny when I get Facebook messages from people saying, how are things in Scotland? I'm like, I wouldn't know. Ask someone who still lives there. Although don't tell the feds I said lives there because that's the one thing that won't get my visa renewed if they think I'm trying to live here. So what kind of visa did you get, first of all? Are you just here as a tourist? I'm on a tourist visa, yeah. That's great. And you've been here since October. What made you decide, first of all, to come to the United States in the middle of COVID? I didn't even know the borders were open, to be honest. Right, well, a girl, what else? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I've not been in America for all the time. In order to even get into the USA, I had to spend at least two weeks in Mexico, which just should never happen. Just kidding. Uh, it was fun in Mexico, but it's a weird thing because there's no reason why you'd be more likely to get COVID in Scotland than Mexico. But the rules yeah. were no direct entry to the USA from the UK. So you couldn't enter the USA if you'd been in the UK for two, for less than two, um, within the last two weeks. So I did a, this yoga retreat in Mexico, and then I came out, and then I hung around in Jacksonville, Florida for about six weeks. Then I was deciding what I was going to do next, and I went to back to the yoga retreat while I was figuring it out to do some writing, to settle down a little bit. And then I ended up 
in Costa Rica. And then I ended up, well, and then I came back to the United States. My first stop was Houston. And that's when the great adventure began. Last mm-hmm. month, May, I was in eight states. Eh, pretty tired from that. But I'm relaxing on a farm now in Fort Meade, somewhere in the middle of Florida, where eh, there's nothing but the crowing of chickens and the sound of the generator fan going out. I don't even know what that thing is. Yeah. It looks like a fan. <laughs> and it goes round and round and round. But it, it makes loud sounds sometimes. So it's it's nice to be... I love city life, but it's nice to have a little break from it. I don't know if I answered your question. I got a little bit lost there. I don't even remember what the question was. I think it's perfectly fine, though. So we met in Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania, last month as like one of your one of your many many stops what determines what state you go to are you just are you like crashing on people's couches or what's the what's the kind of itinerary look like mostly i'm going where i'm invited to events Uh i'm trying to think if i had any stops that weren't for i had one incident where so i was in i was in Las Vegas, and then I decided to do an event with Angela McCardle in LA. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and there was a a listener of my show that got in touch and said, well, how about you come to Arizona after that? Because um, he wanted to come to at least one of the events, either Vegas or, or LA, and the LA one seemed like a more sensible event. So I did that, and I, I, it's funny because it's like, I guess it's a good question because sometimes I mark places up as places to go. One was Phoenix already. Mm-hmm. So that was just a coincidence that um, someone in Phoenix, I was like, oh, I wanted to go to Phoenix anyway. So in that case, it was like kind of somewhere where I wanted to. I mean, we did do an event there, but it was just like, you know, a small group, six or eight of us. Um then I had, yeah, I was invited to speak at a festival in Seattle, and that was right before the Pittsburgh thing. So sadly, I needed to leave the festival early to go to Pittsburgh, but that was freaking awesome. Like, that, that was, was a lot of fun. That was the big camping trip, Squatch Fest, right? Spring Awakening. That's right. Yeah. That's we, right. Uh, well, well, so I had, I had Brian Norton, the organizer of the event, on this show right before it, and then Miguel Duque, who I know you've met Miguel because he sent me you know, selfies with the, with the two of you. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, he is. So he was on right after Squatch Fest to kind of give me the debriefing on it. It sounds like it was a ton of fun. And, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh was a ton of fun too. And I'm super glad that you made the trip to both, but I think next year I'll probably attend Squatch Fest just because, you know, if I'm going to be flying somewhere, I'd kind of like to, I'd kind of like to balance out my like political activity with the, with the LP and my just community building activity. I don't yeah. I don't want to get too political. I mean, you know, when I started the show several months ago, I guess it was almost close to a year ago when I started planning it and stuff. It was uh it was supposed to be like an agorist podcast and I completely rejected politics. And I've kind of well not kind of I have gone full circle away from that as now like an an elected member of the Libertarian Party executive committee thing in my state and like attending meetings and stuff like that, which was really never my thing, even before I decided agorism was the way to go. So I'm trying to keep myself a little bit grounded by 
building mm. communities outside of the LP as well. And that is one of the wonderful things of going to these things like Squatch Fest mm. or Childerberg that I just went oh, yeah. to in Dallas. Like, it's a great way to meet tons of people. And the more people you know in this community, the better, really, because you can link people together who might be helpful to each other. Yeah. Uh, one quick correction, because otherwise I'm going to get a lot of shit for it. Childerberg is in Austin. Um, and as a someone who grew up in Dallas, uh, my Dallas listeners will undoubtedly give me all kinds of all kinds of crap I, if I if I let that slide. So I don't think it's actually in either Dallas or Austin. Yeah, it's outside it's outside Austin. Right. Okay. Well, I was staying in Dallas around about. So, oh nice. So, um, oh, I'm not gonna ask you for names. Never mind. Uh I was probably staying with whoever you were about to ask me if yeah. I was staying with. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very incestuous community. It really is. Every time I go down to Dallas I have a big Usually, I'm the one who plans a big meetup for all the all the Liberty folks down there, just because it's it's a big community. So we have barbecue or whatever. Well, it was just what I think is an interesting point about like how do I choose where to go? Because sometimes I have a place flagged up, like I, like I said, I already want to go to Phoenix, and you know the other one was Chicago. I had that flagged up in my head as a place I'd like to go. And what do you know? Like I met David Ramsey Steele in Auburn, Alabama, at the Mises Institute. And guess where he lives? In Chicago. And he invited me to go and go and stay with him for a while. So it's like it's been really spooky like that sometimes, um, in terms of the synchronicity of the way that things have worked out. So I've decided I flagged up a couple of other places, like, you know, just it's always places that you hear in the popular culture all uh-huh. the time, but you just never—I've never visited. So places like um, Detroit or Boston, um, other major cities that are famous. Like I feel really lucky that I've got to see all these famous cities. You know, Seattle, Portland, LA, New York. Although I've been to those two before, even you know Phoenix is a name. So it's—it's it's, um, yeah, it's been really really wild. And I'm, I'm willing to go to places that people invite me to, as long as they can bring enough of a crowd to justify it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because you're promoting a book as well, aren't you? Well, the book's a few year, been out a few years now, but it's getting, me a, it's getting me to these events because people give me 20 bucks for it, and I, I usually sign it with a personal message. You can get it cheaper than that on Amazon, but they're not paying me for the book, you know? They're paying me for all the other stuff hearing me on Tom Wood's show and to be at the event, frankly, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's quite nice uh, that people are supporting me that way. And I, I kind of like the hustle as well. I kind of like getting in people's faces and being like, this book will improve your sex life. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely will about. too. But what's the name of the book? Universal Basic Income for and Against. Yeah, absolutely. I think Yeah, I think, you can just hear you can just hear the girls getting wet and the guys getting hard at the mere title. <laughs> I will tell you, I got into a like very loud argument on a date once about tax policy. I was I was on a date with a with a Bernie Sanders supporter, and this was in 2015 or 16 when you know tensions were first getting high between the Bernie Bros and the 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 kind of the rest of everybody else, and he said those magic words. I just think the rich should pay their fair share, and <laughs> I I absolutely went off on him. It's one of those it's one of those stories that like 
he will tell his grandchildren in 50 years. I, so, I, I've given up on, on speaking politics on dates. Oh God, me too. Thankfully, I have a I have a wonderful partner who is completely apathetic about politics. It's 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 a very very good match, I think. Yeah, I kind of like if you're in a long term relationship, it's quite important to have someone that's got the same values as you at least. So, if someone is like skeptical of about politics per se, then that's that's pretty good going actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his parents are kind of libertarian ish conservatives. Um, you know, they're still very pro-cop and pro, pro-intervention pro and stuff like that. But, like, on the the issues that we talk about, particularly having a son in a gay relationship, um, right. we get along really well. And we'll talk about we'll talk about the Fed at length. Uh, his dad's definitely an inflation hawk, so it's pretty nice. I find it amazing that some people are still pro-foreign intervention. Like, I know. Even the the Republican Party is for has been forced to become more pro-war, just even because now apparently that's the de rigueur conservative position is. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know how they stand the cognitive dissonance of having been ardent Bush supporters not that long ago and now being like, Trump's going to end the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really shouldn't. <laughs> that was, that really was should. an amazing Republican accent. That was really good. I shouldn't really... Um, paint them all with the same brush, but you know they have no problems um, painting people with broad um, with broad brush strokes. Uh-huh. You know what they say: if there's two things that conservatives hate, it's being called racist and black people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, except for except for the black people who will run for president as Republicans. Uh, they love those. Uh, uh, it's an old joke, but it makes yeah, me laugh. It's it's very good. What else have you found on your travels? Have you met any good people? Learned any new things? Oh my god! Why don't you ask me an easy one, James? Some, because we something. have because we have like fifty minutes to fill. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I could fill fifty minutes with that question. This has been like incredible in terms of meeting amazing people. It's it's bittersweet actually, mm-hmm. because. You go somewhere and you like can have a really great night out and you're like, oh, just imagine what my life would be like if I lived in this city. Uh, um, good candidates are, for example, Tampa and Austin. Like, and you go, oh, wow. You know, there's, but um, it's like you sometimes meet, every now and then you meet a couple of people who are just like your type of people mm-hmm. and the kind of people that you'd be like best friends with if they lived in your city. But there's like two here in Pittsburgh, two there in Tampa, yeah. two over in Vegas, two in LA. And you're like, oh, that's just never, you know, you, you can't live everywhere and 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 do everything. So it's it's sweet. But yeah, I mean, I feel very fortunate. I've got friends all over the country now. If I had a friend that was like, oh, I'm going to Vegas or any of the cities that I've been to, I'd be like, oh, I, I've got a couple of great friends there that um, that you should meet while you're out there. Like, people have put me up in their spare rooms. I mean, I have a regular job, as I mentioned, as a therapist. But I, 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 can't, I can't see as many clients as I do, do at home because my travel schedule won't allow it. Um, this tour would not be affordable. 
without people offering to do stuff like put me in their spare room, mm-hmm. um, get me from the airport and things like that. I mean, some 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 places I get an Airbnb or, or a hotel and that's yeah. fine. Um, you know, but I don't have to do that every night in all places all the time because a lot of these events, you know, they don't have cash to offer a speaker's fee or even transport costs. So if I can make back my expenses selling books and sometimes I get some pocket money on top of that as well, which I promptly buy Bitcoin with, then um, then it's like it, it's really the, the community itself that makes this possible. I feel like, you know, the, the gifts that are being furnished on me, it's like a lot of the time online and business, especially in the self-help field, they're like, oh, you've got tons of content already you're sitting on that you don't even know. And um, if you just make your Facebook posts into blogs and then you can take your blogs and you can compile them into an ebook or a book or you can double up by by turning those into YouTube videos or podcasts, you know. And in fact, it's turned out that my network has been <laughs> the, the cheesy line they use in coaching is, your network is your net worth. Yeah. That's really fucking true. <laughs> yeah. Like, they really are. It's a friend of a friend that puts me up sometimes and then they become a great friend. Um, and I'm tr- still trying to figure out exactly how to use this network to benefit the the community. I mean, I it was great writing the UBI book and it sold some copies more than most people who independently publish a book sell. I wouldn't say I like made money out of it aside from getting invited to the Soho Forum to debate thanks to Gene Epstein, um, which which did um, pay quite nicely. Um, but but now because I'm on tour, because I'm flogging it and people are paying more than the cover price for it to support what I'm doing. It's really, it's just basically made all my, all the work that I've done, all the time I put in the podcast thing, our, the, all the time fucking learning Austrian economics and learning every, all the, who all the famous libertarians are, like my hobby um, that, I, that I probably was doing office hours on sometimes, you know, 40 hours a week. Um, in, a, in addition to my regular job, like, it's come back around like I am actually as an inverted commas paying off now. So uh, even in places where I go, where I end up, out, sometimes I go to events and I end up out of pocket, you know, but I am only in deficit and cash in those events. I'm, I'm in credit and love. Like I always meet amazing, uh, amazing people. I'm well, uh, so I'm well in credit even for those ones. But, um, yeah, it's been amazing to see that basically I was sitting on a treasure chest this whole time and I just didn't know it because I was in Scotland where I was a nobody. Whereas here it's such a big country and there's so many things to go to. People know me. I thought because yeah. my podcast doesn't get thousands of listens, I wasn't that well known. But everyone's like, oh, I heard you in the pod, the the Tom Wood show. I heard you on Lines of Liberty, on, on this, that and the other. So on Pete Quinones, you know, so... It's really great to come out here and discover my people. And mm-hmm. I'm still working on how I can best serve the libertarian community. Well, and your presence in the in the Tom Woods Facebook group too, I'm sure must have helped. I mean, that's a few thousand people 
like it's not on Facebook anymore. Now it's on MeWe. But that's that's where I think I've gotten to know you the best is is in that group, especially a few years ago, kind of before you had even you know been on all those podcasts and stuff. You were really active in that group. Um, have you like have you maintained relationships with some of the people from there? Anyone that I made friends with that's on Facebook, I'm still friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was active on that, that. It's funny you point that out. That was probably the only group I checked every day. And if I ever had a question about libertarianism or something like that, um, or or what should I read about this? Does anyone know anything, any resource about this? That's the place I'd go to post to ask about it. Mm-hmm. If I'm to do this again, this uh, Touring America thing again, I'll have to write a new book. Otherwise, I'll come to a grinding <laughs> halt because you can't flog the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Anyone who listens to my show knows that I'm very good at starting books and not very good at finishing them. Yeah, you uh, you actually hired me to edit a book and I'm good at starting editing but not finishing it as you have experienced uh, firsthand. So that's that's pretty relatable. Which kind of brings me to one of the topics that I wanted to cover with you today, procrastination. The book that you asked me to edit and that I procrastinated my way through until you just went ahead and published it without, <laughs> without even without without getting my uh, my deliverable, which I apologize for, of course. I forgot all about it. Yeah, good, 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 good. It's called procrastination annihilation. How does somebody annihilate procrastination? Wow, that I know someone who wrote a really good book about that. <laughs> um, First of all, you can go to beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it and you can download the ebook for free or you can buy it on Kindle, whatever you prefer. Okay, um, I'll do that tomorrow. I mean to, uh, that old one. Do you know what? Uh-huh. I've not heard it in so long. It was actually enjoyable that time. Around the <laughs> good, time, good. <laughs> around the good, time good. I wrote the book, I got that so often that I was just cringe, 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 cringe. Uh-huh. Uh, but that time it was actually came out of left of field. I quite enjoyed that. So, yeah, uh, that is a good question. There's a bunch of approaches I cover. Um, I've not annihilated procrastination, but I've certainly um, seriously reduced. Do you know what? I don't even know if I can say uh, I'm a procrastinator anymore. I'm just a bad prioritizer sometimes. I'm like constantly working from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed some days. Um, It's just on what. So I guess the method I put forward is you can't change everything at once. So it's kind of like a gem. The the method that's suggested in the book is like a gem for your conscientiousness. You know, it helps you build your conscientiousness muscle over time. And I kind of like suggest that people choose one thing that they'd like to lock in and start with something relatively easy. Like for me, locking in the pattern of brushing, sorry, of flossing every day was more difficult than writing for 20 minutes every day. Um, That So like, it's good to choose something that's relatively manageable at first. And if it's something that you can, if it's a long task, or something, or if it's something that can, if 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 it's some, supposing you your goal is to practice the piano for an hour a day, but you find that really intimidating, it's good to get the habit bit locked in first. So just do ten minutes a day for two or three weeks, 
probably three, we're talking, it'll be six weeks before it's a habit, but like three weeks before you start like to increase it, you know, to 15 minutes and then 20 minutes. Like the thing is, there's two separate things going on there. There's one is to actually have the habit of sitting down to the piano. And the second thing is for practicing as long as you want to. So it's all about finding a ramp to make things easy for yourself and, and, and get one habit locked in before you start to build another one. So, you know, make sure you've been, you've done that for two weeks or three weeks before you introduce the other thing you want to do, which is, I don't know, spending 30 minutes on emails and also stuff like around um, the time of day and stuff like that. If you're goal is to do like morning pages like from that book the artist's way which a lot of people want to do i found that impossible to do in the morning and the fact that she said insisted you do it first thing in the morning kind of put me ended up putting me putting me off later on when i started journaling i found well you know just do it anytime any time of the day you can but then once it's a habit you can then decide well i want to do that in the morning so it's really that's my that's pretty much a summary of the practical element of the book there's a lot of psychology in there as well which you know is worth reading people sent me emails like a whole bunch of people send me an email saying it was like you were reading my mind the stuff in the book it was it really was that was the most common positive feedback i got was like wow it's like you really understood me and there are people who said the book changed their life like I'm so skeptical about self-help books uh-huh. and their ability to actually change people. I like usually people read a self-help book and then they go back to normal. There are some notable exceptions that have changed my life. So even myself, I was astonished that people still sometimes tell me that that book was a game changer for them. What about if uh, someone is like such a procrastinator or maybe not even procrastinator, but a, uh... I don't know, scattered maybe, has so many priorities that that making one thing like the top priority is nearly impossible. I'm speaking about myself. Say, say I wanted to get into the habit of practicing the piano for an hour a day, and you say to start practicing 10 minutes a day. Or, or meditation, actually, is, is, a, is an actual real-world thing. I downloaded this meditation app. It's like a five-minute every morning type thing. I got really into it for like a week. And then it just stopped being part of my daily routine. In fact, it it's even still on my calendar. Like every morning I get the notification, hey, it's time to do your do your meditation app. But I don't, I just ignore it. And like I, I do other things, I do other things early in the morning before I start work. And it's not like I'm beating right. myself up over it. I don't even, I don't even feel guilty for not. Mm. Yeah, because it's not, it's not important enough to you. Yeah. So what, what, what do I do? Help me coach. <laughs> Not that I'm paying you to coach me, but <laughs> you, you might you might you might benefit from a coach. So yeah. what I would say is it's hard to communicate in a podcast because I'd be working through stuff with you. Sure. But um I would sit I would first sit down, not when you're meant to do it, and have a think about it and decide if you want to make it important enough. That means like put your devices away go and sit on the couch and say, I'm going, or even better still, go for a walk because then there definitely are no distractions. Leave your phones and say, I'm going for a walk to think about this. And walk around and start thinking about it and decide if you want to make it important to 
do you or not? If you make it important enough, then, you know, you can put a chart on the wall, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two weeks, two rows or three rows is even better. Six rows is even better. But the first two, first, things get easier in the third week if my experience is going, anything to go by. And then you tick it off on your chart, which is on the fridge every day after you do it. But if you don't make it important to yourself, then you'll just keep on going to the fridge every day and seeing the chart there and go, yeah, I should probably do something about that sometime. And you won't do it. So you need to make it important to yourself first. Like a lot of my habits have gone by the wayside while I'm on tour, but that's fine because life's fulfilling and I'm doing other stuff. Um, when I settle down, if I ever settle down, I'm going to have to think about certain habits or, you know, what, what my priorities are. Like, like, for example, it's better for me to write early because if I start on my to-do list, my mind will get like really um, frat, like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. And nothing can be done quickly when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. Some things can be scored off. You, you can send off emails, you can pay a bill and stuff like that, and you can scramble to do that. But when it comes to writing, it's like an open-ended thing. So by observing how your activities affect your mind and your your what activities you're able to do in each mindset, you kind of have to be the scholar of yourself. Yeah. You need to be willing to observe yourself and see how you work. Those are kind of like, that's a like, that was like a Siamese twin answer there because the second part was like a, an, an addition to the first part. I think the first thing you need to do is decide that it's important to you and that, that's going to require you to put some emphasis on it, which is why, why I recommend the walk and think. You're the third or fourth person who has advised me to take a walk. So mm. that's, that's... yeah. But the thing is, take a walk is an old-fashioned expression for fuck off, isn't it? So Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, you're the second person who's told me to take a walk in order to accomplish this particular thing, which is being more introspective and getting to know myself a little bit better. So uh, I, I think that, that that advice is very well taken. The other thing, you mentioned putting the, putting the goals or the schedule on the refrigerator. Mm. That's, that's really good because that's a public spot. Like mm. my partner's going to see it, but then also like the friends who come over and stuff, everybody walks through the kitchen. And if they see a bunch of blank check boxes, then uh, that to me would probably trigger that kind of guilt reaction, which like, you know, feeling guilty isn't always a good thing, but I think in self-improvement, it probably, it probably is a motivating factor, at least for somebody like me who isn't, isn't want to beat myself up. I'm the kind of person who like, if I feel guilty, it's because other people might judge me, not because I'm judging myself. Because like I said, I'm just not, I'm not introspective at all, really. Right. Well, you sound pretty introspective. I am now. Like I, if, if I force myself to be, I, <laughs> I am. Um, cool. Well, thanks for that quick, like free little coaching session. Um, and I, I, I do have a coach. I, I, I talk with, uh, with Miguel. Oh, he's at great. At least bi-weekly, um, sometimes weekly. So, but yeah, this day-to-day stuff is also, is also helpful. So, and actually I'm supposed to, I think I'm supposed to message him several times a week and I don't really do that. So Mm -hmm. sorry, Miguel, who Miguel will be listening to this. He's a, he's actually, I think he's a supporting listener. 
So this this kind of nomadic life that you've been on for the last few months, do you see this being something you could do permanently? Like, would you would you oh, be into Jesus? Go on. <laughs> would you be into like just being a nomad and crashing on couches and every so often taking a holiday out in the middle of nowhere on a farm when you need to to recharge? I would love this more if I had like a home to return to in between appointments, like. Absolutely, I'd love, I'd love it. But it's like this is great, and I'm taking every opportunity that I could. But I don't know if I'd survive another. I don't know how long I could survive this. Like I, I definitely couldn't do eight states a month the way that yeah. I did last month. You know, the thing is, well, then you know, if the if if being a professional libertarian was so lucrative that it covered it all. And uh, uh, I could like chill during the week between events, then maybe. But you know, I like I like helping people. So I don't know. It's it's been it's been a discovery process. The one thing that's been really hard to do is write. I mean, I've I've been sneaking some writing in here and there, mm-hmm. but you know, it's kind of like being at home for a stretch where you can get your head down and um really get into a project that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, you can't do everything. I'm so tired. Like I, I feel a lot better today, but it seriously took me the whole week of chilling on the farm to get to the point where I'm like, ah, I feel actually quite rejuvenated today. But then it's all going to start again soon. We're going to have work fest coming up, and that involves gallivanting around. But I mean, do you know what? See if you can consider something like pork fest part of your work, your job, then that's pretty good. You know, the old Confucian saying, if you do a job you'll love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, you know, I I sold 50 books at Childerberg Festival. So that was work, but it was fun as fuck. Man, that's fantastic. I I was Mm. thinking like maybe two or three a, a weekend. That's a good chunk of books. And you said you're, you said you're reinvesting what you can in Bitcoin, all of it, some of it. Well, the thing is, I end up with all this cash, and I don't want to rove around with a thousand dollars as I was once. So I just said to my friend, "Here, how about this? I will give you a thousand dollars. You transfer me Bitcoin." And then this became a running theme. That's cool. So, so I guess if if it goes to the moon, as some of my friends think it will, if it even doubles in price, then these. Events will have proven to be quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, right now it's kind of on a downswing. Actually, I'm going to be interviewing Pavel, That's why I went in. our crypto friend, to find out why I'm all of a sudden broke uh, on Monday. So we'll 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 know a little bit more in a week. Well, this sounds like a really fun a really fun life for the time it'll last until you've just completely exhausted yourself and you never want to see the inside of an airplane again. Um, are there any fun Are there any fun cities you're like on the docket right now other than Porkfest? What's next? Yeah, um, I think there's some stuff later in the year that's not confirmed. Porkfest is like my last scheduled event at the moment. I was I tried to get on Freedom Fest, and they try they they were like, uh, "Let's have you next year." Like mm. we tried, but we're full, which was very flattering. I should add um, that they even tried to squeeze me on, and um, so. I might go to that anyway to hang out. Um, it depends. I'm planning to spend some time in Austin. 
I'm also planning to come back to Tampa. So if anyone is in Austin or Tampa, you should definitely get in touch um, or, or willing to travel there. Apart from, oh yeah, oh that's right. I'm going to be doing something in Nashville with Sherry Voluntary as well. I love her. That's coming up quite soon. I don't know when this, uh, it's not, well, when I say quite soon, I mean like a month away. Okay. So there, there, there's other people that have invited me to other places. And usually if I do, I try and see if there's any other fairly well-known celebrities. Mm. Sorry, I was trying to avoid using that word. I was going to say fair, <laughs> fairly well-known libertarians rather than celebrities. We call uh, them celebritarians. I had that word in my head, but I didn't want to refer to myself as one. <laughs> um, oh yeah, there's the there's the LA convention this week. Sorry, sorry, Florida convention this, this weekend, which is kind of why I'm in Florida, oh. uh, apart from the fact that I've got great friends here. But I don't know if it'll be out by then. Uh, anyone who's going will see me, I guess, if, if, who wants to see me. Um... I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see. Someone's wanting to do a Midwest festival. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to get out of the country for a while soon because you're only allowed to stay at 90 days in a stretch. Now, there's always the chance that I come back in or try and come back in. And they're like, yeah, this is your fourth entry. It looks, oh. are you trying to live here? No, I'm not trying to live here. <laughs> eh, we kind of think you're trying to live here. Sorry, go home. You know, that can actually happen. Hopefully it won't, but you never know. I kind of, I was, I, I was kind of wanting to go home for August, but because of the regulations, like, does that mean I need to spend another two weeks to get back mm. in, in December, like, sorry, in September, like, what, well, you know, it depends on the COVID stuff. Like, I would actually quite like to go for, go home for a couple of weeks and see some of my friends and give my mom a hug and mm -hmm. like, but, but the, the COVID regulations make it impractical. Man, I hope those are lifted soon. That it would be, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously it would be awesome to keep you here for as long as we can. In fact, I was just about to tell you to do what my friend Santiago from Colombia did, get married and get his green card. But, uh, you know, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to love the person you marry. It's just, it's just, it's just for permanent residence. The problem with that is getting married. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. why get married when you can find a woman that you don't like and give her half your stuff? Yeah, it's great. That <laughs> actually, uh, we're in Pride Month right now. Actually, right. You, could, you could probably hang out at a Pride festival too. That's that's always fun. I don't know. I don't know how big the festivals get in in the UK. We have Pride in the UK. Do the, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah, that's right. My my English friends. I've got. Got a friend in Manchester who, holy crap, Manchester is off the hook. It's like, it's like Chicago boys town, but the entire city, from what I can tell. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's like, you have to get married to someone. They, they can come and check. They can come and give you a knock in the night and check if you're sharing the same bed, if there's stuffs in your house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not as simple as just getting married. Um, oh, I didn't know that. You know, it's uh, it's it's not it's really not that easy. So, also, I feel feel like this um, immigration law is very discriminatory against polyamorous vagabonds. They've got to sort out their their discriminatory discriminatory policy. It's not woke enough. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you polyamorous vagabonds are a, are a scourge on our society, man. 
I know uh, we're degenerate. Next thing you know, you'll be you'll be a you'll be a Mormon. Jeez. Uh yeah. I mean, uh, I guess there uh, is that. Is that? Um, yeah, I guess uh, it's like building your 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 fantasy football team or something like that. Like, how many can you get on your ro- roster, and how 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 good quality? I'm not sure how that that's how Mormonism actually works, but that's how I, I like think to think so. about yeah. it. <laughs> I'm sure there's Mormon listeners, so uh, we love them too. In fact, I know we have Quaker listeners, which isn't quite as uh, controversial as Mormonism, and in fact is a pretty libertarian religion. But uh, uh, I don't know. I I, I kind of like the I kind of like the what like niche pseudo Christian denominations. I think they're all kind of fun. Well, a- Anthony, we're kind of reaching the end of the the end of the time. While I've got you, would you give some advice, like just some general world, you know, life advice for people who want to build communities with people who are like them and who might be introverted and maybe who are libertarian-ish and sort of autistic and don't just like to branch out, you know, on their own, that kind of thing? Okay. When you message people, have something interesting share with them mm-hmm. don't put all the responsibility on them to make the conversation happen mm-hmm. this will make your life easy and because you're pre-prepared with two or three table topics or even just one oh hey i saw this have something maybe something that you think that they might you already know that they might be interested in you know going hey what's up what have you been up to that's what everyone does but you're actually making the other person do some work um, so I'm just saying, if you want to network, you can have a little. Oh, I saw this article that you might be interested in. I thought this actually maybe sending them an article isn't good because everyone's got too much stuff to do. Yeah, it's um, also making them work. Yeah, yeah, it's also making them work. So say, I saw this article and it had this point. I thought this. Um, what what are your thoughts or something yeah. like that? Or just tell them about some interesting thing that's happening in your life so that they can bounce off that and go, oh, that's interesting. You're doing blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm doing this. All of the advice on, not all of the advice, but most of the advice on making small talk, like they've, they've, they, they say, oh, just ask questions and be a good listener because everyone likes talking about themselves. But that's really only true. That is true. But that's only true once you've kind of established that first connection. Mm-hmm. So I, I teach people to like take the initiative you take on the responsibility for me. That's completely like, that's the opposite of what you should do in the first five minutes of an interaction with someone, unless that person's very chatty, in which case, you know, go for it. If they're just like, okay. If you like a lot of people get messages from people that are just like, Hey, what's yeah. up? And, Hi. and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, um, person okay. I've never talked to. Like, what do you want from me? Like, you know, that. so if you have something to say already, that will take a lot of pressure off you because uh, how am I going to navigate this interaction? Because you've already got something to say, to, to talk about. You can pre-select it. And it's also pressure off the other person to make the conversation happen. Once the conversation is happening, you can, all of the traditional advice, um, be a good listener, um, ask questions, 
all of that then applies once you've once the conversation is going. But in the initial stages of an interaction, you should provide the value. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. That's actually really good advice. Uh, and I can't tell you how many how many times I get messages on Messenger from people who I may or may not be Facebook friends with, but I don't I, like we haven't interacted before. And you know, they won't even start with hi. It'll just be like, "This is what I think you need to know," and <laughs> and it's a little off putting, mm. to be honest. So that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, make conversation with people. And you know, if there's something that you find relatable about the person, then definitely, you know, ask them about that. Yeah, and it's just like you, you just never know, you know, what can grow of mm-hmm. engaging in this community. It's like, uh, I mean, I'm discovering it firsthand. I never knew what was what was possible with the power of community. So that's been a big theme of the of the talks that have been given on this tour. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Anthony. I know uh, you probably would like to at least do a little bit more relaxing before your next big jaunt. So thanks for joining me. I appreciate the invitation. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Anthony for joining me today. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. Be sure you head over to blackbird.substack.com for today's show notes and also to sign up with your email address to receive notifications every time I release written or audio content. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways you can do it. You can do it by, of course, signing up for one of the paid options at Substack. You can also support the show by sharing it with your friends. If you have people in your life who you think would benefit from or might just enjoy the content that I produce, send them the link. However you choose to support my work, just know that I really, really appreciate it, and I hope that I am providing you with as much value as you are providing me. So that's it for this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Until then, live free.